Welcome to Hot Cheese. It's Friday, November 17th, 2023. And let's give Mike Johnson the benefit of the doubt on this continuing resolution. And what he did, and I know some of the ultra MAGA people are going to disagree with me on this, but this continuing resolution that he had passed, along with Democrat support, is a step forward into bringing normalcy back to the budget process that we had created over the past 20, 30 years in the United States. Now, I think it would be quite unreasonable for us to expect that Mike Johnson was going to put together a multi-trillion dollar budget in three weeks after he was uh, named Speaker of the House. That's just not enough time to put together a multi-trillion dollar budget. And again, let's give him the benefit of the doubt that he can use this time to negotiate a well-thought-out plan. And here's what Mike Johnson did with this uh, continuing resolution, or as I like to call it, temporary budget. So, the bill would extend funding until January 19th for priorities including military construction, not military, veterans affairs, transportation, housing, and the energy department. The rest of the government, anything not covered by the first step, would be funded until February 2nd. The proposal does not include any additional aid for Israel or Ukraine. And as as I just said, this gives Mike Johnson and the Republicans the ability to start getting back to normal budgetary process. Can we really have a reasonable expectation that Johnson was going to be able to put together a multi-trillion dollar budget in three weeks, four weeks? That's just unreasonable. And I know the ultra MAGA people are saying that we should... Well, just put a continuing temporary budget together that just includes a caveat that says we're going to cut spending by X amount. And we're hopeful that this budgetary process that Johnson is laying out will, will come to the results that we need. And here's my expectation of the result of these negotiations that we'll have with this extended time period. Now, Johnson has to come back with a budget that is going to start significantly reducing our debt. Now, these budgets that we've seen over the past two years, they're accumulating $2 trillion in debt every year. We just can't sustain it. It's unsustainable. And I'm hopeful. And my my expectation is, is that we'll get a budget that starts significantly reducing that debt that's accumulating. And that means reduced spending. And to me, he doesn't have to wipe out the entire $2 trillion in debt that's accumulated from this budget in this year. But he's got to start reducing this curve of debt. And say, for example, he comes back with a budget that reduces debt this year by, say, three quarters of a trillion dollars this year. And then we can get on a path where we're going to reduce this $2 trillion that's accumulating every year down to zero. But we can do this with a methodical budget process that we haven't seen in years. It's all been done by these continuing resolutions where leadership has put a gun to the head of Congress and said, you got to vote for this or we're going to shut down. That's not the way to run a country. And Johnson is trying to bring us back to normalcy. And again, I know Ultra MAGA probably doesn't agree with me on this. They wanted to see these massive cuts attached to this te- a temporary budget. But that's not bringing us back to normalcy. That's just taking advantage of a political position. 
But that's my expectation. Johnson has to cut significantly. And if he doesn't get it out of these negotiations, out of these this extra time frame he has to put together the budget, then I have no problem with shutting the government down. And again, it's not a real shutdown. Government's going to continue to work. Money's going to come in. Social Security's going to get paid. Our military's not going to pack up from the Middle East and ship home. But Johnson has the chance to really do something significant for this country. And I'm putting a lot of faith in him right now because of his worldview. And with that said, I want to go to a clip, most recent clip by Johnson's position on things. And you got to remember, there's a lot of trust that we have to put in some elected officials. And when we don't, we've got to box them in the corner, which is what we've been doing since Trump got elected. So let's go to this clip and then we'll come back and discuss. The only question is, is God going to allow our nation to enter a time of judgment for our collective sins, which his mercy and grace have held back for some time? Or is he going to give us one more chance to restore the foundations and return to him? We will not be able to do it without the Lord's help because there's so the flesh is and the mistrust and the, the sin and everything is so great here that we this is going to have to bring people to their knees. And I, look, I, I believe God is about to do something. I'd, be, I'd say I'd preach to the choir on this, this Zoom call, or maybe the honor choir. You all know the, the terrible state that we're in. Um, the faith in our institutions is the slowest it's ever been in the history of our nation. Um, the, 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 the culture is so dark and, and depraved that it almost seems irredeemable at this point. We, you know, we're, we're, the church attendance in America dropped below 50% for the first time in our history since they began to measure the, uh, the data uh, 60 years ago. And the, the number of people who do not believe in absolute truth is now above the majority for the first time. So one in three teen girls uh, contemplated suicide last year. One in four high school students identifies as something other than straight. Um, we're losing the country. And this is taken from an interview that Johnson had with the World Prayer Network. And it sounds to me that here's a guy with a game plan. And... You know, as I've said in the past, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you do make the right decision. But I'm getting a sense with uh, this guy that he's got an inner strength. He's got a conviction, particularly with this budget issue, to get this thing done. Now, it may wind up not being perfect, but to me, let's give him a chance. And here's the idiocy that I find from the mainstream media regarding Johnson. Ah, he's a theocrat. They've got all the wrong objectives. And these sound like the people that don't want anybody to work with him just because he's a Christian. Oh, nothing can come out of a, a, a Christian elected official. Well, he's trying to save this country. And that country includes secular people. I want to read an article here. It's from CNBC. And the headline says, Ray Dalio says, U.S. reaching an inflection point where the debt problem quickly gets even worse. It says here, soaring U.S. government debt is reaching a point where it will begin creating larger problems. Bridgewater Associate founder Ray Dalio says. Now this guy Dalio, he's a globalist. He's a hedge fund guy, but he likes to think of himself as some type of finance historian. And believe you, he's no friend of MAGA. He's no friend of the middle class, only if it can make him money. So he says here, economically strong means financially strong. Dalio said on Squawk Box, financially strong means do you earn more than you spend? Do you have a good income statement as a country? And do we have a good balance sheet? 
The U.S. is $33.7 trillion in debt, a total that exploded by 45% since the COVID pandemic in early 2020. Think about that. Our debt has exploded 45% in three years. As debt builds up and the Federal Reserve raised interest rates to try to tamp down inflation, the government spent $659 billion on net interest costs in fiscal year 2023 to finance the debt. And the projections are right now that this year's net interest costs on debt is going to be around $1 trillion. That's larger than the defense budget. So Dalio said that this is a recipe for trouble. The worse that gets, the more we are going to have that long-term problem, he said. You can see it in the numbers. It's just a matter of numbers. We are near an inflection point. And what Dalio means by an inflection point is that, and we're there, is that any more debt that the government accumulates causes so much economic damage, whether it's higher interest rates, whether it's inflation. And with that said, let's just use New York City. New York City, they can't print money, but they're strapped. And they're strapped because of all these illegal immigrants that have cascaded on the city. They just can't afford it. And so what they have to do, they're cutting 4,000 cops from their budget because they have to be able to pay for these illegal immigrants. But the U.S. government is going to be in the same position when they can issue more debt because of the economic upheaval it causes. So how are they going to respond to actual needs of the defense, other services that the federal government provides? They're going to be choked. Additionally, Johnson is going to be fighting the mainstream media, certain communists in government, because they can't let a Christian get a win on this. But ironically, what you're going to see is a lot of these uh, secular globalists like Dalio putting pressure on the elected officials. Hey, work with this guy. Because guys like Dalio, their love of money overrides people's hate for religious people, for Christians. So we shall see. So Biden met with uh, Xi of China this week at the uh, APEC meeting in San Francisco. And believe you me, Xi couldn't care less about Biden. It was just a perfunctory meeting he had with Biden. She wanted to meet with all the oligarchs that were meeting at at the APEC meeting. He wants their money. He wants their investment because China's having economic problems right now they've got a huge real estate problem in the country they've got a number of other problems economically in their country and they need some of this tech oligarch capital coming into china that's why he met over there he has no respect for biden china's going to do what they do and he needs american money right now oligarch money tech oligarch money and these tech oligarchs are all too willing to invest in china where labor is cheap The sense of morality is different than most Americans. And what really got me is that one of the uh, dinners where it cost $40,000 a plate to meet with Xi, they gave him a standing ovation. And this is what you get when you have a weak president. Going to have China come in and reaching out to the tech oligarchs for their money. Instead of investing in the United States, these tech oligarchs, they're going to go for the cheap labor. They're going to try to move their companies into areas where eh, they just really don't have a real respect for life like we have over here. Oh, by the way, which is dwindling. But that's why she came over here to meet with Biden. He met with Biden because he had to. But the funny thing that came out of all this, and I'm going to go to a clip, and 
It's a clip with Gavin Newsom, who appears right now as the frontrunner to replace Biden if he leaves. But Gavin Newsom gives us the typical Democrat position on how they see themselves. So let's go to this clip and then we'll come back and discuss. It's cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town. Um, that's true because it's true. And San Francisco is a mess. The homeless people all over the place, people shooting up drugs everywhere, defecating on the streets, businesses moving out. But they cleaned it up for she, not for the people of San Francisco. And that's the arrogance of the Democrat. This is the same governor that during these shutdowns, he was pictured sitting in a restaurant without a mask, having a good old time with his friends while residents of California were shut down and mandated to mask up. But this is how they see themselves. They're at the top of the food chain. The rules don't apply to them. The rules don't apply to Gavin Newsom. They apply to everyone else. So we're going to clean the streets up of San Francisco for the elites, but the rest rest of you residents in San Francisco, oh, go to hell. And it's just typical. We saw this particularly during the lockdowns. Elected officials, high elected officials, the rules didn't apply to them. They only apply to you and me. So we shall see. So, Ron DeSantis hasn't worked. Glenn Youngkin hasn't worked. So now... All eyes are on Nikki Haley. Seems like the anti-Trump rhinos are trying to coalesce around Nikki Haley. But Nikki Haley is nothing more than a neocon with vast ties to the defense industry. And she's done quite well financially for being a neocon. Now, after leaving the Trump administration with a small net worth, possibly even a negative net worth, she's now worth millions and millions of dollars. And how did she get it? Well, one of the first things she did is that she got on the board of Boeing, a defense contractor, to the tune of $300,000 a year in cash and stocks. She's also tied to a number of other defense-affiliated companies where she's really raking in the cash. Her husband also has ties to the defense industry, and they're now worth millions. So she's got her neocon bona fides. And again, Haley's just one of these people that go to Washington go into government for the wrong reasons. They run, they get elected, and then they cash in after they're out of office. And to me, that's quite wrong. And that's what makes Trump so compelling to people. I mean, he's a, he's a wealthy guy, a billionaire, that's gone back to run for office. Whereas most of these people that run for office are looking for the payday after they get out. And it's decisions like this that are made by elected officials and bureaucrats that just undermine people's confidence in the institutions. That's why I'd like to see when you see these talking heads, particularly these, these retired generals that are talking about war or talking about foreign policy, why don't they disclose, put a little screen up there on the TV, a little box that shows who they work for, where they have interests. I know after the 2008 financial crisis, I think it was CNBC and I think one or two other. No, I th- actually, I think it was just CNBC that when somebody came on and, and talked about a stock or talked about certain economic issues, a little box would come up and let you know if they had a position in any stocks that they were talking about. And I think that should be required of any of these talking heads on MSNBC, CNN, Fox. We should know who's paying their salary. We should know where their interests are. 
so we can make a decision on their agenda. But getting back to this primary, why don't they just all stop? They're spinning their wheels. They're going nowhere. We know what they're, why they're doing this. It's just for their own personal benefit. And drop their campaigns and just back Donald Trump. So we shall see. Okay, this is breaking news. Uh, Mike Johnson has just released all of the J6 surveillance video. So now we can get to the truth. And quite frankly, this was one of the disappointing things with, with Kevin McCarthy. Now, he said all along he was going to release the J6 tapes, all the J6 tapes. He didn't do it. So who, who is he trying to protect? What deal did he cut behind the scenes to hide this from the American people? But right now, I think they're released, and I, I, I think it's really hard to download all the video right now because everybody's trying to get it. But this is a good move by Mike Johnson. He said he was going to do this, and he did it. And now we're one step closer to letting the American people know what the truth is. And the Democrats can't be happy because this is going to undermine this whole J6 hearing, the FBI's narrative on J6. So there's more to come on this. I'm looking forward to seeing more and more of the truth come out. So we shall see. Okay, CPI numbers came out this past Tuesday. And let's just take a quick look at them. And we've got CPI year over year. It went from 3.7% last month to 3.2% this month. And then core CPI year over year. That's when you extract gasoline and food. It went from 4.1% to 4%. And the Biden administration, oh, they're cheering this. Oh, inflation's going down. But they're so out of touch. They are so out of touch. Until this so-called data starts reflecting the items that affect the American people on a day-to-day basis, they're meaningless. And it's just indicative of how much Washington is out of touch with the American people. And this is why when Biden is out there promoting Bidenomics, people laugh at him. Washington is out of touch with the American people. Let's go into some of the detail. So let's see. Let's pick some items. Uncooked beef steaks, up 10.6%. Sugar, up 8.8%. This is year over year. Baby food and formula, up 8.3%. Uncooked poultry, including turkey, it's up 7.2%. White bread's up 7%. Motor vehicle insurance, up 19.2%. Motor vehicle repair, up up 15.1%. Vet services, up 8.1%. Cigarettes, up 7.6%. Rent of primary residence, up 7.2%. Care of the elderly at home, up 6.9%. Haircuts, up 5%. These are items and services that are important to the American people, and they're all up significantly year over year. Now let's take a look at where prices fell. Eggs are down 22%. I noticed that at the uh, supermarket, that egg prices are going down. They're still not where they were pre-pandemic, but they're going down. Butter's down 3.7%. Fresh fish and seafood down 3.6%. Whole milk is down 2.2%. Fresh vegetables down 2.2%. Cheese is down 1.9%. Now, fuel oil is down. Gasoline's down. I noticed gasoline has been down at the pumps. 
But if you take a look at our core inflation, it only went from 4.1% to 4%. That's still high. Here's one thing that gets me. This CPI number came out and said that health insurance is down 34%. And there's a lot of companies in the private sector and the public sector, too, that are putting together their healthcare premiums for their employees for the next year. And I'm sure many of them do not see their healthcare premiums going down 34%. Now, there may be a nuance in the calculation that says, well, it's a, it's a lagging effect that may not show up until a year or two, for example. But if I'm the Biden administration, don't tout these figures if they don't reflect reality. Appliances are down 9.6%. Car and truck rental are down 9.6%. Used car and trucks are down 7.1%. And you have to understand that these figures that are going down We have to remember that these are based on last year when prices were really, really high. And when you take a look at the CPI index, inflation is still up 17, 18% versus pre-pandemic times. So even when the Biden administration is telling you that inflation is down, this is great, inflation is still going to be significantly higher than it was pre-pandemic. So don't get fooled by this. And this is why the Biden administration and these talking heads have lost credibility with many of the American people. And I've said this a hundred times. The only way I'm going to be satisfied is when the prices start reflecting what they were pre-pandemic. That's when I'll be satisfied. Not to 17, 18% they are today, but they have to come down significantly where they're near what prices were pre-pandemic. So we shall see. And while we're talking about institutions that are out of touch with the American people, let's talk about the stock market for a minute. And the stock market is going up for some unknown reason. They've thrown aside fundamentals and they're just going with stories. Anything that'll keep the market going. I mentioned earlier in the year that they pushed the market up by saying, oh, the Fed's going to cut rates. And then when that didn't happen, they switched to Oh, AI. AI is going to be the next greatest thing. So that pushed the market up. Nothing about fundamentals, all about the story. And now they're back to, oh, the Fed's going to cut rates. And this is causing the market to drive higher. Again, nothing about fundamentals. And they're saying, oh, the economy's strong. The markets are strong. Well, they're not so strong. Let's take a look at the S&P. And I've got data here from an article from November 2nd couple of weeks ago. And right now, this S&P is up and it's all being driven by seven stocks, which make up 28% of the S&P. Seven stocks in the S&P 500 are driving this S&P index up. And I think it's Microsoft, Amazon, Apple, Tesla, a couple of other ones. But you know what happens if you pull those seven stocks out of the S&P 500? The S&P is down 4%. And this is data compiled November 2nd, down 4%. That's not a healthy market. And when people bring it up, oh, they just want to throw another shiny object out there to take your attention off of it. But at some point, the chickens are going to come home to roost because reality is going to kick in. Mature people are going to start taking over where the, what direction the market goes. And again, you got to stop this cheerleading also on CNBC, Bloomberg. It's not healthy just to cheerlead a market up and deny the weaknesses that we see. 
So we shall see. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about is this uh, poor gentleman in Los Angeles that had his concealed carry permit taken away by the Los Angeles Police Department after protecting his family from masked arm intruders that tried to rob him. So apparently this, this gentleman from Los Angeles going home to his house and he was stalked by two or three masked and armed robbers and they tried to rob him at his doorstep. They didn't know he had a gun on him and he turned around and started blasting them, protected his wife, his kid, and the nanny in his house. And what does the LAPD do? They took away the guy's permit for some reason. Now, the gun owner claims that they did it because he said he was uh, yelling at the cops when they did their investigation. And he's been critical of the LAPD about the whole investigation. So there may be more to this story. But from what we know now is that if you protect yourself in Los Angeles, they'll take your gun away. What kind of message is that telling people who are trying to defend themselves in Los Angeles? But this is just the insanity in these liberal states. So you protect your family from intruders and they take your permit away? How insane is that? And what's really odd is that none of the intruders were killed. They don't even know if any of the intruders were hit. And I don't think that they have found the intruders. Just a strange state that is. So with that said, thank you very much for listening. You have a good week. Before I forget, the Colorado judge was supposed to come out with her decision on whether to keep Trump on the presidential ballot next year. And she had said she was going to come out with the decision on Friday. Still hasn't come out yet. But if and when it comes out, it gives us something else to talk about next week. So, again, thank you very much for listening. You have a good week, and I will talk to you next Saturday.